Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, blessings to you all. I'm praying that you had an incredibly blessed week over this past time that we have not been together, um, and that all is well with you. I um, I thank and praise God for just another chance and another opportunity to share with you. Our topic today um, is something that God just really impressed in my heart and in my spirit because so often, you know, especially we in leadership, the leadership people, we we get to that place of, you know, we're always encouraging everybody else and telling people to stand firm in their faith and, you know, promoting the word of God, promoting the faith of God, promoting so many different things. But every once in a while, we will get to a place within our own selves where we need a little encouragement ourselves, seriously. Um, and so God just placed on my heart this morning to talk about having, fighting the good fight of faith and what does that mean, to fight the good fight of faith. We are um, hopeful that our, our co-host will be able to join us this morning. I know um, Tanya said that she probably would not be able to make it, and DL said that he was working, and if he could, he would jump on the line. But um, I did not want to postpone this show because it was really so strong in my spirit that we need to encourage one another in our stand and in all that we're going through and all that we are endeavoring to do for the kingdom. So if you're listening to me and possibly you're in the chat room or whatever, I would just really encourage you to call in, join in the discussion. Um, I would really love to hear some of your testimonies about having faith and and maybe even to encourage you and possibly some of the struggles that you may be endeavoring and going through even right now in your own life. So if you're listening, please dial in to the live show. Um, If you're listening to the archive, then just sit back, relax, and, and allow God to minister to your spirit. Amen. So we're going to kind of do a little different. I know normally, you know, the format here is a talk show, and we don't always go into the scripture. We just basically discuss the topics that we have. But today we are. We're going to go into the scripture, since it's just me. (laughs) 
Um, and and I love the Word of God. And like I said, today's show is really, really geared to encouraging you where you are right now. I know for myself, um, I'm endeavoring to start a, a brand new company, a new business, and trust me, that is a faith walk if there ever was one. But you know, but my faith is in God that, you know, he is leading me to do this, and the the, num, the name of the business is Anointed Preservation. So, therefore, it is his anointing that will guide the business, and, and I've dedicated the business to him, and I've given it to him, and, and my sole purpose for this, well, I've got two purposes, so I shouldn't say my sole purpose because that would be single. My number one purpose is to use this as a tool to expand the kingdom of God. We have to understand that in all that we do, it should be with a focus of, God, what is my primary purpose? What have you called me primarily to? Um, And even with this show, it's part of my primary call in my life. I am a prophetic encourager outside of just doing the talk show in my ministry, my primary call is that of a prophetic encourager. And what does that mean? That means that I prophetically, through the word of God, encourage others to be the best in all that they can be, to accomplish what their creative purpose was, and to move forward on the path of the destiny to which God created them for. So, even in that, that just this show just completely aligns itself with that call upon my life. Absolutely does, with, without a doubt. Because I want to encourage you today in your faith walk, in what God has called you to. So as I was saying with my company, my primary goal is to expand the kingdom of God because that should be what our focus is. We want whatever we do, whatever we endeavor to do, should be with the mindset that it is unto God. The word tells us in all that we do, we do it unto him as unto God, as unto the Father, so that we give it our all. We, we want a spirit of excellence in everything we do. We all know none of us are perfect, and we should not expect perfection out of ourselves, but we do seek the perfection of the spirit of the living God upon what we do. So if we're looking at it in that context, then we're looking at it has a, a mindset of giving it our all and our all with a spirit of excellence in all that we do. What is excellence? Excellence is rising above and beyond the norm. It's rising above and beyond the norm. So that means that whatever we do, we're going to give it more than what would be average. God is not a mediocre God. He is not an average God. He is a supreme being. He is almighty omnipotent, all-present. I mean, he is the epitome of what good is and the epitome of what love is and the epitome of what we should be striving to be because we were created in his image and in his likeness. So keeping that in mind, when we focus on excellence and doing everything unto him, if we were created in his image and in his likeness, then nothing should just be average that we do. Nothing should just be average that we're called to. There is no average in God, okay? 
There's no average. There's no just getting by. You know, you're, you're not being graded with a C. You know, don't strive for a C just so that you can pass the test. You want to strive for an A+. plus. You want to go above and beyond. You don't just even want to get an A. You want to get an A+. plus. Remember when you were in school and your teachers, I don't know how they're grading now because school has changed so much since I was there, but it used to be, you know, A, B, C, D, and F. Okay, they skipped the E, A, B, C, D, and F. So, you know, A was good. It was great. B was, was, A was supposedly the best. B was good. C was average. D was barely passing. F was failing. But if you did a test paper or your homework and it was superior, it was the best, it was, you, you put your all and your all on it, when you got that test paper back, it had an A+. Plus. Remember how good that made you feel to get an A+. Plus? It was like, oh, snap, you know, I did this thing, seriously. Well, that's how it is when we um, aspire to do things in the Lord. We should be trying to get that A+. Plus, you know, and how did you get that A+, plus? by giving it everything you by holding nothing back. You know, you give it your all and your all. And that's that's part of what it means to fight the good fight of faith. Again, I told you, we're going to veer from the norm of our our little talk show format this morning, and and we're going to kind of deal with the Word of God um, because I just feel like I want to encourage you. I, I, um, I want to share this this morning. I was on Twitter. And um, hadn't been on Twitter in a long time. So I thought I would go on um, because I, I've also, you know, put my business on Twitter and did all the little social media marketing that we're taught to do and what have you. Um, but when I went on, there was, um, as I, I scrolled through some of the tweets that was there, there was something that struck me, something that um, – just just resonated in my spirit when I read it, and I actually um, responded back to the to the uh, the person that had um, had posted it, and what it said, and and this um this was just this a normal um, little encouraging tweet, and and it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, um, it wasn't anything that I hadn't heard before. But it just said, and this was tweeted by Today's Purpose Woman. I'm going to give them a little plug because it was really cool. Um, Anyway, and it said, the Lord will make a way for that which you are concerned about. Trust and believe in him. And it's amazing how just something so, so simple can just really strike something within you. And I, I had to respond to her um, because it, it just it really, really, it blessed me. It blessed me. So in my response to her, I told her, let me see if I can find it. There it is. I said, thank you for that reinforcing word. Faith stands strong, but even the strongest needs reinforce, reinforcement sometimes. And that's and I guess that's what started me this morning on this journey of fighting the good fight of faith. What the, what it really means to do that? Because so often I am definitely a woman of faith. I absolutely live my life by faith. Um, I have walked through some things that it was only but by 
faith in God that I got through them. So every time we walk through trials and tribulations and different situations in our lives, it increases our faith, at least it should, that it should build us and build our trust in who God is because only but by God, hallelujah, are we yet here and serving. We're not serving him on our own. Please, don't get it twisted. Don't think that, you know, um, you're all of that and a bag of chips and so, you know, God is beholding to you because you're serving him. <laughs> Old time prayer. Seriously, you know, we're beholding to God. We are beholding to God because of his love for us. And it even takes the power of his Holy Spirit upon our life to allow us this journey with him. This is real talk, people. This is real talk about real issues. We fight and we struggle each and every day. You know, there's always something that is coming our way, something that would try to get us off kilter, to get our focus off of the things that it needs to be on. Everyday life will come along and it will cause you to doubt. It will cause you to look away. It will cause you to think that, okay, I need to step up to the plate. I need to do something. And the first and foremost thing that you need to step up to the plate and do is to have faith in God. That's first. That is first. So now let me get into this scripture that I said I was going to get into. I have two of them for you this morning. And the first one is basically, you know, what we're talking about, and it comes from 1 Timothy, um, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. And um, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible first. It says, Fight the good fight of faith in conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. Okay, so what does that mean? That just means that, you know, one day you said that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You believed on his finished work on the cross, and you stood up in in front of people. You got baptized. You said, yes, I believe in Jesus. Okay, that's pretty much what that is saying. In the King James Version, which is what we hear all the time, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You have been called to eternal life. Lay hold on that. We get caught up in this earth realm. We get caught up in this life, um, and that's what causes us to lose our faith, to look away, to, to start to doubt um, sometimes we walk on a journey for so long. We've been in a battle. We've been in a struggle. We've been um, under certain um, oppress- oppressive spirits and um, just certain things that it just seems like it's never going to end. You've struggled in uh, trying to get out of poverty, and, and you, you, rise, you rose up just a little above the poverty level, but you're still living paycheck to paycheck, and you know if you lose your job, you can lose everything, okay? And you've lived like that for so long. Some of you are struggling with health issues, and you believe God, and you've had faith, and you've been prayed over, and you've been told God is a healer, and you want to believe that, but you've been 
struggling with this issue for so long that you get to a place of just saying, okay, maybe this is just, you know, what is meant to be. Maybe I'm just supposed to um, be sick, okay? Um, so many other, other struggles. You've struggled in relationships. You've struggled in your marriage. You've struggled in your relationship with your parents. You've struggled in your relationship with your children. you just struggled so long, and you've gotten to a place of where that faith is starting to dwindle. It's starting to dwindle, and that's why you're listening to me today, and that's why this It's Real radio talk show is taking this little veer off the, the, the given path that it normally is on. We normally either have guests or, or have my co-host on, and, and we're discussing different issues and different things. But this morning, this morning is all for you. You're listening to this so that God can build your faith back up. Fight the good fight of faith. Really, really, what does that mean? We waver. We weary. You know, the word of God tells us to weary not in well-doing, but sometimes we just get weary, get tired. And it's understandable because you've been at it for so long, for so long. And and, and even though you believe, it, you think about Abraham, who is supposedly considered the father of faith. He is that one that, you know, we look to when we are looking for an example of a man of faith, Abraham waited 25 years for the promise of God to manifest. And during that time, his faith wavered a bit. Um, and it wavered in the point of maybe God needed help, <laughs> okay? Because if we're going to fight this good fight of faith, the first thing we need to understand and recognize that it's not faith in ourselves. It's faith in God. I want to go to Mark 11. We're going to go back to Abraham in just a moment. But I want to go to Mark 11, 22 through 24. And, and again, very familiar. But every now and again, we need to strike up those familiar chords and think about them and meditate on them once more and again so that we can kind of straighten ourselves up. We have started to slump in this walk. You know how you're sitting in a chair and you get weary and you're, you, you begin to slump and your shoulders start to, to cave in but and your back gets really tired. But if you find that if you straighten yourself, if you straighten your shoulders, if you sit more erect, then your back doesn't feel as tired. It, it's refreshed. So what we're doing today is straightening up your faith. We're refreshing it. It is a time for a renewing and a refreshing. And I thank God for that. We're at my church. We're going into a shut-in this week on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of, and, uh, of this week and come out Sunday after service. And the point of it is, is to be renewed and refreshed. So often we, we think of a shut-in and, and putting our petitions before God and prayer and fasting, and, and normally, you know, our focus is to get something from God. And we are. We're seeking to get something from God, but it's to be renewed and refreshed because there's yet something coming that we need to be alert for. We need to be refreshed in. We need, we need to be 
second a little bit, you know, and, and be like, okay, you know, after you've had a great night's sleep and you get up and you stretch and you're going, okay, Lord, I'm ready to face this day. And we need that. We need that. We need that in our walk with God as well. Mark 11, <clears throat> excuse me, 22 through 24, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, There is so much meat in this scripture, Lord. There is so much meat in this scripture. So let me, let me tell you about my secondary calling, okay? I told you my first was a prophetic in, encourager. My fivefold anointing and calling is that of a teacher. So when I see things, I can't just believe it. I got I to gotta just expound on it. I got to kind of, you know, chase it down. So let's start off. It says, have faith in God. That's key. So your faith is not in you. Your faith is in God. Okay. Then we're going to skip down to the 24th verse. And it says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in prayer, believe that you, you have received it and it will be yours. Whatever you ask in prayer, that is key because First thing you have to understand is prayer. What is prayer? Okay? Most of us think that prayer is taking our laundry list of wishes and wants to God and putting it before him and just feeling it out, Lord, I need you to do that, 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 da, in Jesus' name, amen. And we're up and we're off to the races. That is not prayer. That is not prayer. That is not prayer. When we go back into um, the word of God and there is what is called the law of first mention when you're studying the word of God, the very first time the word prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, the word prayer, or to pray, um, was mentioned in the word of God was by David. And he felt comfortable with praying to God, with bringing back to God what Nathan, the um, prophet, had spoken to him that what thus said the Lord, okay? So when you recognize and understand that prayer is about coming in agreement with God, with what God has spoken over a situation, over a circumstance, in his word, over your life, you're coming in agreement with him. My pastor teaches us all the time, prayer should start with silence. Now, I start prayer with worship, I, I, and, and I'm, please, I, I hear, my, hear my heart. I'm, I'm definitely not coming against what Pastor D teaches because this is truly a man of God. His thing is you get in the presence of God and you sit silent. So keeping that in mind, I start prayer no matter what the prayer is, with worship, with adoration, like like Christ gave us our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm addressing my Father, and I'm giving him adoration. I'm praising him first and foremost because he is my Father. 
because he loves me, because he not only chose me, but called me, set me apart to be used of him. So my first thing is to give him adoration, to give him praise. That's, that's where I must start. And in that, I do that because the word of God says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. So I want him in my midst. I want to be in his midst. Now, once I've given that adoration, now I need to be silent. I need to be quiet because I'm in his presence. And I want to hear what that says the Lord on the situation. You know, and it's really, really also vitally important that when you go into prayer, you go into prayer with the word of God with you. You take your Bible with you because you want to hear from God, okay? Remember, you're coming in agreement with the word of God over a situation, with his word. So you want to hear from the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. The word says that in that moment, the Spirit of God will give utterance. He will give utterance to what you need to pray, to what you need to come in in agreement with, with that situation. There are times when you will enter into prayer, and those of you that have a prayer language, and if you don't have it, ask for it. He will give it to you. But you will enter into prayer, and sometimes you'll just pray in tongues the whole time. Because God is giving forth what it is that he wants you to be in agreement with. We need that. We need that. We need to know, God, what is your um, directive over this situation? What, what do I need to cancel out? What do I need to bind? What do I need to loose? Remember, God said he gave the keys of the kingdom to you, whatsoever you bind, whatsoever you loose. But why are you doing it? Because he's using you as his mouthpiece. He's using you as his mouthpiece. Prayer actually gives God the, the entry point. It, it gives him the legal entryway to to adjust or create or to change a situation, the atmosphere in which you live in. You know, you can go into a place that is full of chaos, but he can use you because he can speak through you to bring peace, peace to the atmosphere, peace to the situation. You're his mouthpiece. You're his mouthpiece. You ask him to use you as his oracle. This thing is so deep. It really, really is when you, when you really come down to it. But when you're fighting the good fight of faith, you need to know, you need to encourage your faith in the things of God because it's not your faith. You're fighting the fight, but it's not even your fight, okay? This thing is serious. It's not even your fight. It's not your faith. It's faith in God, and it's, it's his fight. So what does that mean, to fight the good fight? If that means that you're going to yield yourself wholly, completely to the spirit of the living God and allow his guidance and his direction to lead you, to lead you. It is vital. What is faith? Let's, let's start there. What is faith? Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something, complete complete trust or confidence in someone 
or something. Now, when you look at that definition, then that tells you it is not faith in you because I promise you, if you all of your trust and confidence is in you and you look back over your life and see all the mistakes that you have made, something is very wrong. Something is very wrong. But when you look back over where God has brought you from, how he has kept you, how he has sustained you in the midst of everything that you've gone through, then you can have faith in him. You, you can have faith, unwavering faith, unwavering faith that he is going to do it. I'll never forget, it was a few years ago, um, um, I think it was 2010, actually, and the Lord had brought me back to Las Vegas. I had just moved back, and again, <laughs> um, and I remember um, going to early morning prayer. I got gotten into town on two on Friday night. Um, first first um, early morning prayer session was that next that following Tuesday morning. I was there. I was walking around because I really needed some guidance and direction. Because um, it really wasn't my desire to be back in Vegas at that time, but it was it was the, the word of God all my life was that I needed to come. He would let me know when, and he did that. And he basically did it the same way he he moved Elijah. It was it was like you know remember the the book dried up and the raven flew away, and it was like go to the widow woman. So when it was time for me to leave Tennessee, that's just what happened. The book dried up, the raven flew away, and it was like time to go to Vegas, get get yourself there. So as I was walking and the Lord spoke to me, he said, he gave me two directives. Number one was early morning prayer was not an option for me. I had to be there. And I was like, okay, because I love prayer, so that was no issue. The second one was be still and know that I am God. That one was difficult. And any of you that are listening to me that have the same type spirit as I have, you are used to making things happen. I am that go-to person. I am. Okay, you know, people call, people ask, you know, what do I do, how do I do, whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's the spirit of God and it's the wisdom of God that's on my life, you know, that they're seeking out. I recognize and understand it's not about me. However, for God to tell me to be still is extremely difficult, extremely, because I'm used to doing. I'm used to making things happen. I'm that go-to girl, okay? I make it happen, you know? Being still was difficult, and it led to um, me walking out some things in God that I would not have walked out if I had not have been given that directive. But in the midst of that, a couple of months later, and and hear me, you know, never was outside, never was hungry, but, you know, there was this struggle and going through and staying with people and, you know, and then, you know, getting a place, but how am I going to pay for the place and all of these different things. And so, you know, in the natural, the natural said, girl, you need to have a job, okay, because, Cornette has worked since she was 13 years old. She knows about having a job, so to make sure things are okay and pay your bills and do these different things. But I wasn't allowed to go get a job. And I remember walking uh, with a friend of mine, and we were, we were out doing our, you know, walking the track and trying to keep the weight down and what have you. 
And I started to question her about her job and, you know, what they were hiring at the place she was working at and, you know, because you know, I'm I'm at that place where, like, okay, God, like, you know, this struggle is real and I need to pay bills and I need to do this and, you know, um, so I need to go get a job. And my word to her was, I know God said be still, but I need to do what I need to do. And as soon as that but came out of my mouth, there was a check in my spirit. Now, God is such a gracious God. He's such a beautiful father. He really is. I love him so much. He didn't say nothing to me right then. I knew I shouldn't have said what I said, but, you know, I'm out there now, so I just kept it going. And how often do we do that as well? That evening, later on that evening, very quietly, very gently, he said, did you see what you said earlier? And there was no, what you talking about, God? <laughs> you know, there was no trying to sugarcoat it, run from it, or nothing. And it was like, yes. All I could say was yes. And hold my head down. I promise you. It was really, literally like I was face-to-face with my father and ashamed of what I had done. I promise you, that's how I felt. And I literally, physically just, yes, and held my head down. And he said to me, he said, the only but that you should ever have is but God. I'm like, okay. It was a valuable lesson. I actually called my friend and, and apologized. She burst out laughing because she's a woman of God, too, um, powerful intercessor in the Lord. And she burst out laughing. She said, I know. She said, I knew what it said as soon as you said it. You know, it was just like, oh, wow. Did this really come out of my mouth? You know, but we get there. And that, that's when um, our faith, kind of begins to waver. So this is why I'm sharing this with you um, because you, you need to understand that if we get caught up and entangled in the things of this world without going before the Father and saying, what would you have me to do in this situation, then we will lose our faith, our faith and our focus in him. Okay, because then we pick up the mantle, we pick, well, not even the mantle, we pick up the situation and we feel that we have to run with it, that we have to do something. And what we have to do is to consult God and do what he tells us to do. Very, very important. So for all of you that have taken something and put it on the altar and now you have picked it back up and you're running with it, put it down. Put it down and get before your father because that's in whom your faith or where your faith lies and in whom your faith should be in, okay? Remember, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. You have to get to that place of complete trust in God. You know, I got a call yesterday, uh, like I told you at the beginning of the show, that, you know, I'm starting a new business and I, I need my insurance and all of these things. And, and because the business is what it is, what it entails, it's not an easy business to insure. Um, and so my insurance agent has actually taken two weeks to get me a quote, which he called me on yesterday. And when I heard the quote, it was like, okay, this is like double of what I thought it would be. 
Um, and that's just for the for the liability. I still have to get workman's comp, and he's still working on that quote. And and I I had um, went and set up my accounts at my bank for payroll and the business account. And so of course you know they offer business insurance as well. And so you know I had them searching for quotes too, and I got an email from them saying um, based on your website and what you provide, we're unable to give you a quote for what you do um, if you need specialty insurance. And it's just like, okay. So please hear me. I, you know, it's like I'm not doubting. I, Daddy, this is your business. This is your company, and I know you will provide. But when I read what I read this morning, as I, I shared with you um, a few minutes ago on Twitter, it just reinforced, it reinforced that, you know, that faith that, you know what, Dad? I, you don't have thousands of dollars, okay, but you do, you know, so therefore I don't have to worry. And because, because of the fact that I've walked this thing out with him time and time again, okay, I know him. I, I know I know him, okay. I have faith in him. I don't have to worry. I don't have to wring my hands. I don't have to be in doubt. I'm doing job interviews on Monday for, you know, people <clears throat> to work for my company. You know, and I'm going for it. You know, we, um, the, the, the influx of our orders and stuff was supposed to start October 1st. Um, the, the current, the company that I've worked for for four years, um, who I'm kind of spinning off from and starting my own company, um, they decided, my, my prior boss decided he was going to wait, and he was going to wait a month. And so the orders wouldn't drop until November 1st, where I was expecting them October 1st. And, um, and I remember coming home, and, and um, I went in business with my, my two children, and so I was talking to my daughter. She picked me up from the airport, and I was explaining, and she was like, so what are we doing? <laughs> you know, because we had had plans this past weekend, we were going to go and, and tour the state of Nevada. And so she's saying, um, do we not do that now? Do we wait? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Because, see, my faith is not in my boss. My faith is in God. So we're going to continue on the path that God has led us on. So this past weekend we did Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We went and we toured the state of Nevada because my company is going to service the state of Nevada. And I'm very, very versed in southern Nevada but don't know much about northern Nevada. So it was it was a blessing. It was a great trip. Learned a lot, you know, about the layout of, of how Nevada is and what have you. But the key is, and what I'm encouraging um, all of you to do that are listening to me, don't let something – be said to cause you to doubt and to stop the momentum that God has started in you. You continue to press on because remember, 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 your trust and your faith is not in mere man. It's not in a person. It's not in a company. It is in God. I know, I believe it was last weekend. D.L. was sharing, and D.L. was saying, um, actually it was the weekend before last when we interviewed the CEO of the Glory Network, um, Victor Marshall, and um, D.L. said, he said, you know, God will cause you to open up a donut shop in a town that the whole town hates donuts, and it'll be successful. <laughs> and people will be, how is this success when the town hates donuts? 
but it will be because God told you to do it, and his anointing is on it, and the success of it will be of him. So keep that in mind, and whatever you're endeavoring to do, I know this is blessing somebody. I feel it so strongly in my spirit that you're struggling because God is giving you a mandate and something to do, and you're saying, you're thinking to yourself, you know, well, everything that I thought was going to be in place and was going to be is not, so maybe I need to stop. No, now you keep going because your faith is in God. If God said it, then you do it. And you make sure that you got the timing of God on it. But if he said it, if he called you to it, he's going to take you through it. Know that. Know that. Know that. And he will send that one to be a blessing to you. Someone that you, you never met before, Someone possibly when you first meet, you'll have mixed, mixed, mixed feelings about. You'll think, you know, that this person is this, that, and the other. But hear God. Hear God. Allow him to be your discernment, okay? Because he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. That's why you have faith in God. Now, the other thing that we're dealing with is to fight. What, it, what does it mean to, to fight is to take part in a violent struggle involving the exchange of physical blows and the use of a weapon, okay? To take part in a violent struggle involving the exchange of physical blows or the use of weapons. Now, we know our fight is not in the physical, but it's in the spiritual, Okay, it's in the spiritual. Remember, um, but it's still with the use of weapons, okay? It is still with the use of weapons. Second Chronicles um, 10 and 4 says the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Divinely powerful. So if we're going to fight, the good fight of faith, we're going to divinely, divinely fight that faith or fight that fight, okay? So that means that we need the Spirit of God upon our lives to, to guide us, to direct us in the struggle, in the fight. Ephesians 6 and 12 says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those high places, 90% of the time, it's not extending, ascending into the spirit realm because sometimes we actually do do that and do battle there. But our biggest high place that we, we fight is in our mind. It is a battlefield of the mind. It is not allowing your spirit to take over your logic, okay? You need the spirit of God to take over your logic, seriously. God said he will use the foolish things to confound the wise. And many times we think we are wise with inside ourselves. So we need to allow his spirit that resides in us. That's what's born again. When you become born again, when you accept Christ, you know what Nicodemus said, can, can a man enter into his mother's womb again when he's grown, basically? And God said, no. But your spirit. Spirit is reborn. It's regenerated. 
And that's what you've got to allow to lead you. It's the spirit of the living God that's within you. That is how you fight that good fight. So that when the enemy, 90% of the time, which is you, okay, we're always fighting the devil and demons and powers of darkness and everything. And, and yeah, there, there's, a, a, there's a serious fight there. There's a physical and a, a, a strategic fight against the, the, the devil. There is, yes. I'm not negating that. However, your biggest enemy is not demons and the devil. Your biggest enemy will be yourself. When you you allow your rationale to, to talk you out of what God has told you. Because the things of God, the things of the spirit, the things of the kingdom of God do not operate on the same principles as the things in the natural. So you get twisted. So we got to make sure that our mindset is on the things of God, what did he say? You want to get a sure word from God. You want to get in his presence. Why do you think it's so important to consult him on a daily basis? Because daily, he said, he has loaded up benefits and blessings for you. And the only way to tap into those benefits and blessings that he laid up for you daily is to tap into him daily. Vital, 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 okay, so that when you're hearing, you're hearing his voice. You want his voice to drown out your voice, to drown out the voice of the enemy, to drown out the voice of the naysayer. You want his voice to encourage you, to guide you, to direct you, and sometimes he will tell you to do things that make absolutely no sense. Please tell me what sense it made for the children of Israel to march around a fortress seven times and then shout. What sense did that make? In the natural, absolutely none. In the spiritual, when they shouted, that wall came down because they followed the directive of God. You see, when you follow the directive of God and you're not in this thing by yourself, you are just, you're marching to his tomb. He is that supreme commander-in-chief. And, and the beauty of it is, is he's already fixed it. You're not fighting for the victory. You're fighting from the victory. You're fighting from a place of knowing that you win. So that fight of faith that you're fighting within your mindset is that place of where victory lies and what God said. So you're telling yourself, you're telling yourself that, no, 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 no. This is what God said. Let me, mm, I pulled up the fourth, the fourth verse, but let me, um, in Second Corinthians, but you need to hear what it goes on to say. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. You just dropped this in my spirit so that you know, so that you understand what is going on in your mind. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start again from the fourth, fourth verse. I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible, but I'm going to read it through the sixth verse. This is Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. Write it down. Study it out. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true 
knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when our own obedience as a church is complete. Let me read that to you again out of the New King James because that's where um, most of you are used to hearing it. And I just, I really want you to get this in your spirit. I really, really want you to, because that's that's where your fight, um, your fight is going to to be engaged for your faith. Okay, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So the disobedience would be into in the thoughts that we're thinking. You want to bring your thoughts all into captivity so that they align themselves with the thoughts of God. The word of God tells you to think of whatsoever is good, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is of a good report. And it is the things of God that's of a good report. Now, I started sharing with you about Abraham a little while ago. I didn't forget. Let me, let me touch base back on that so that you can understand why it's so important that you don't allow your thoughts to tell you to do something contrary to what the word of God has told you, be it his written word or his spoken word in your spirit, okay? Abraham thought that he and Sarah would do God a favor, and Sarah brought this idea to him that, you know, since she was barren and was unable to produce a child, and the promise of God was that, you know, Abraham would be the father of many nations. So she thought that, you know, well, let's help God out and let's um, bring my maid, Hagar, into this situation, and you can have a baby through her. Because back then in the day, if you had a slave or maid, you know, and they had a child, then that child, you know, was considered yours as well. Okay, so they call themselves doing God a favor. Now, when, and that's how Ishmael was born, all right, but it was nothing but chaos and confusion and dissension. It caused so many problems. And let me tell you, if you study this thing out, it is still causing problems today because um, the Palestinians, um, that are fighting with the the um, Israelites are descendants of Ishmael. The Israelites, as we know, are descendants of Isaac. So they're still fighting. It is still causing dissension. So it is so important. And when, when God got ready to bless Abraham with his promise to produce the promise that he made, you know, God did not need Abraham's help. He made sure that he was going to get the glory, and that's something else that you have to keep in mind. Whatever God has spoken to you, please know that no man will glory in it. He will get the glory out of it. It will come to be in such a way that no one will get the glory out of it but him. Know that. 
know that. So that's another reason why it is so vitally important that we yield ourselves to his directive. We've got to hear him clearly. We've got to walk clearly the path that he is giving us as we fight this good fight of faith. When God got ready to produce um, his promise to Abraham in the form of Isaac, he began to talk to Abraham. He gave Abraham Isaac's name. He told him what he was going to do, you know, and that he was going to, his covenant would be with him, with Isaac. And even at that, you know, Abraham still, remember now, we, 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 again, he is considered the father of faith. So, you know, even though his faith waned a little, like sometimes yours does, don't let the enemy tell you you don't have faith. You straighten it up, get back in line, and let God be God, okay? So when God came to Abraham and told him these things, Abraham said, hey, um, <clears throat> okay, Lord, yeah, I hear you, your covenant um, is going to be with, with Isaac, whatever, whatever. But um, oh, that you would bless Ishmael. See, understand, Isaac had not come into the picture yet. Abraham was 99 years old. Okay, he's thinking, yeah, you know, certain equipment on my body doesn't work anymore. How is this going to work? Sarah's been barren all these years. Now she's old, so now you're telling me she's 90 and she's going to have a baby? Are you serious? You know, think of the mindset. Think of how you think things out and try to rationalize them. When God tells you something, it's like, well, God, I don't have this. I don't have the equipment. I don't have finance. I don't have anything that it takes to do what you're telling me you want me to do. Well, he didn't ask you for what you had other than your obedience to him. He's the one that will provide. And what he said to Abraham is, I hear you. I'll, I'll bless I'll bless Ishmael. He, he'll have, you know, 12 sons. He will rule, you know. He, he gave him all of those different things. He said, but my covenant, my covenant will be with Isaac. See, covenant trumps blessing. The blessing comes out of the covenant, okay? But, you know, you, you see people think of it like this. You see people that have never served God a day in their life. They even consider themselves atheists, and they're doing well. That, you know, there's excelling in business, all is good, and in your eyesight, they look like they're blessed. What they do not have is the covenant of God on their life for eternal life. Don't have the covenant of God to stand on. They don't have the, the promises of God to stand on. You do. You do. And that is why you're able to fight this good fight of faith is because you have his covenant. You have his promises to stand on. And that's what you must do. Amen. I'm praying that, that this has been a blessing to you. I, I really am. <clears throat> like I said, we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we, uh, we deviated this morning a bit from the normal um, talk show format. But I just really believe um, that it, there was a purpose in it. I, I, believe that so strongly and wholeheartedly in my spirit because I know that I know that I know um, the God that I serve, and it was so strong to deliver this message to you this morning. Um, God does not do anything haphazardly, as we talked about. He's not a mediocre God. He, um, he is a perfect God, and he set aside this very moment that you're listening to this specifically for you 
for you to be able to embrace him, embrace your faith in him, believe him. If he gets you to a place, he will take you through a place, okay? You need to stop depending on what your natural eyes see, what your natural mind can rationale, and begin to have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith says that if God spoke it, it is. There's a reason why God cannot lie. Because whatever he says, it is. We're created in his image and likeness so that he can utilize us to do what he desired to do. He did not have to do that, but he desired that. He desired a family. He desired children that would love him and serve him because of of their love, because of his love for them and their love for him. This is nothing, absolutely nothing. And you know I will tell you this every time I have an opportunity. Your relationship with God has absolutely nothing to do with religion. This is all about a relationship. This is your relationship with your father and knowing that he is a good, good father and you are loved by him. And therefore, there is no good thing will he withhold from you. Anything that is being withheld it is because it is either not time or it is not good. There are things that can be good to the eyes and good to the palate and good to the ears, but they may not be God. You want everything you do to be God, God-centered, God-sent, God-delivered. You've probably heard my testimony before. When I first moved to Florida, there was this home, and I saw it. I wanted it. Actually, I saw it before I moved. And after I moved, I even moved into an apartment close to the home because in my mind I was going to stay in this apartment for one year, and then I was moving in that home, and, and I would walk, and I would drive into that driveway. I would drive up to the home, seriously, like it was mine, drive up in the driveway, get out, walk around the house praying, decreeing and declaring that house was mine. I did that thing for probably nine months, nine months. And finally, one morning I was out and I was walking, I was communing with God, and I went to pray about the house. And he stopped me, and he said, stop praying for that house. Or stop praying about that house is what he said. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, God, I know I got that house. It's mine, yada, yada, yada. He said, pray for the house I have for you. That was, I promise, it revolutionized my mind and my life because I realized at that moment it is not about taking to God what you want. It's about going to God and let him bless you with what he has for you. So let him bless you, have faith in him, and when you fight that good fight, you tear down every stronghold, every thought that would cause you to doubt your God. But first and foremost, you go to your God and ask his counsel for your situation so that you know that when you stand, you're standing on what thus says the Lord. God bless you. I pray you have an incredible week. And we'll be back next week with my co-host and possibly a guest, and we will resume our normal format. God bless you. Love you much.
Let's keep it real.